God, we thank you. We thank you for the power that is in your name. God, we thank you that as we put our trust in you, as we put our faith in you, as we keep our eyes on you, God, that there is power in all of that. God, that we never need to be afraid of anything truly ever again because you have conquered everything for us. And in the words of one of my favourite Alpha guys, we can each one of us say that you came to save me, just me and everyone else is just a bonus. Thank you, God, for seeing us. Thank you for looking at your whole world and seeing us, really, really seeing us, for knowing us, for loving us, for not minding about us. God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that we can just stand here wherever we are and worship you. We can bring our praise to you. And that we're allowed to do that. We're allowed to stand in your presence because of the sacrifice that you made for us. God, thank you for reaching down. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. And good morning. Welcome to church this morning. Good to see some few extra faces here this morning. It's just, it's just lovely to be able to gather together. Uh, special welcome to you online as well. It's good to have you joining with us and seeing all of your lovely names pop up in the chat this morning. Great to have you joining with us today. While I'm talking to you, you can be uh, filling out any of the, the links that pop up in the online uh, space and also people can be checking in. So if you're in the building, we need everyone checked into the in-person service. But if you're online, please just take a moment now and check into the online service. That would be fantastic. If you can't check in, at least say something in the chat, especially if you're on Facebook or YouTube. We'd love to know that you're joining with us. That'd be great. Um, so next week, um, I was just thinking, we're, we're actually having communion together next week. So Remember now that you need to prepare for next week to have something to join with your church family in communion. But I was just thinking, for those who watch at another time, if you're online and you normally watch, I don't know, Sunday afternoon or something like that, try and try and make a really special point to join in at 10 a.m. so that we can take communion together as a family. But anyway, if you can't do that, it's okay. Um, but make sure that you have something prepared and ready to go for communion next week. Uh, most things are back. We had youth back in person on Friday night, which is great. So limited numbers and, you know, never the two shall mix and all of that. Um, anyway, that's fun. Uh, SPC Kids started this morning. So if you missed it, make sure um, Pastor Steve is excited about kids. So uh, make sure you tune in again next Sunday. All the details for that are in the newsletter every week. Uh, if you've got any questions about any of those ministries, uh, the kids or um, youth, make sure you contact Brock or Pastor Steve during the week and they can sort you out. Uh, something exciting that's happening this week for the first time, we're starting a new Wednesday uh, prayer time. So it's on Zoom. So all of the details again are in the newsletter for how to join with that. But it's just a short time 
um, a bit of a, a prayer time and a devotion with one of the pastoral team will be there uh, to lead you in that. Um, but just, yeah, a really special time of joining together as your church family, just another opportunity to do that during the week. And, you know, Azusa Street, um, I'm thinking, you know, that started from a lunchtime prayer meeting, this massive revival. So, um we're thinking about revival, we're talking about revival, so revival will come as we pray. So maybe it'll be personal revival, maybe it'll be revival um, turning people's hearts towards Jesus in our community uh, and we won't know if we don't try. So make sure you can come along, maybe you can't come every Wednesday but um, try and join in some Wednesdays at least if you can take a lunch break there, whatever, if you can organise just to have that 20 minutes available to join with us online, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, we'll hear more about that in coming weeks as to how that's going. But um, anyway, tune in this Wednesday for the first time. It's inaugural. Be there. Um, all right, so let's stand together and we'll pray together. Uh, we're all standing here. Maybe you're standing in your lounge rooms. I hope so. Um, let's join together in prayer. God, we just thank you so much that we can be your church family in this community. Uh, God, I thank you that, that as people are tuning in from all over the place, um, that, that, um, that we are joining as your family wherever we are. God, we thank you that you are with us as we gather. Uh, God, I thank you that um, that as we uh, look back at the week that was, God, that you were with us through every situation that we went through. And as we look ahead at the week to come, God, we know that you will be there um, again, that you go before us, that you walk beside us, that you have our back as well. God, we just thank you that, uh, that you love us that much, that you do never leave us. And God, as we come before you, God, we, we are just so grateful to be able to gather in whatever way we can to bring praise and honour and glory to your name. And God, as we draw aside from our busy lives, um, not only uh, this morning, um, but also during the week as well, as we draw aside, God, that you will give us a glimpse of who you are. Our little human brains just can't cope with with much of it, but we can just get a small, small glimpse of who you are, your completeness, your infinitude, if that's a word, I think it is. God, we just thank you for the way that that small, small glimpse can give us the courage that we need to go about our daily lives. God, we thank you for the, for the way that you use us in the lives of other people. And God, as we look at the week ahead, God, I pray that, uh, that we take every opportunity that you have coming for us to further the purposes of your lives in people around us. God, we thank you for loving us, for gifting us, for equipping us, for every blessing that you pour into our lives every day. And more than anything, God, we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' precious name. Oh, Lord God, we are so thankful for your grace. We're so thankful that you hold us. God, that you know us, you love us. God, we thank you that you're for us. And God, we thank you that we can trust you. God, we thank you that even when we're not holding on to you, you're holding on to us. And God, I pray this morning that we might know that grace. We might know that love, that perfect love that drives out fear. The grace that forgives us, that frees us, and that heals us. 
God, we pray that we pray that those that don't know freedom, that those that don't know healing, that those that don't know forgiveness might know some of that this morning. They might experience the, the goodness of your grace this morning. God, we thank you that in a time that there's a lot of fear, a lot of hopelessness, God, that, that your love and that your, your hope and that your peace might shine so brightly through us, through every word that we say, through every interaction, God, that your, your light would shine so brightly. And God, we do pray for revival. We do pray that those that don't yet know you would come into relationship with you. And God, that you would use us, you would use this church, these people, to do just that. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for being with us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Great to be with you this morning on this beautiful spring day. Like Alexis said, it's... uh, Crazy times, and um, I think there was another earthquake yesterday too. Was it? Did you see that in the news? Yeah, in the far, far west of the state. But nonetheless, we can, you know, it's all happening at the moment, and um, we are still limited in our numbers and capacity at church. Nothing has changed, and when it does change, uh, we will try to let you know as best we can. At the moment, we have a little bit of a an indication of what's coming in the in the coming weeks, but. Again, it's, it's very unclear as to what it exactly means for us and, and how it's going to look. So um, when it does look clearer and we do have a better picture of what it looks like, we'll, we'll be sure to, to let you know. Um, but it does look like there's going to be some limitations on um, vac- vaccination status and, and the things like that. So, um, yeah, as, as soon as we know, we'll, we'll try to update you and, and keep you in the loop. Um, if you missed the last two Sundays' messages, I encourage you the, to, to go back and check them out. Um, this morning, we're not going down the same road. We're switching gears, and we're starting a new series um, called Winning the War in Your Mind, Winning the War in Your Mind, and, and this is week number one of a four-week series, and we've based this series off a, um, a series of, that Life Church has put out called Winning the War in Your Mind, and occasionally we'll... We'll do this, we'll do a, a series that's um, from a, another place or someone else has put together and, and that's one of these and um, it's going to be good. We're going to look at this for the next four, four weeks, looking at uh, the, the battle that goes on in our minds and how that affects our everyday life and uh, there's so much to cover when it comes to this sort of stuff. Uh, there's so much that's out there um, but it's really important as Christians that we look to God's Word and we let that be our guiding light. Uh, and steer us in, in the directions that we take in life. And so I want to read a, a scripture for you in 2 Corinthians 10, just verses 3 to 5. It says this, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ every thought captive to obey Christ. Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning and we pray that we would hear your voice so clearly and we'd be able to obey what it is that you tell us to do. And God, we just pray that 
that we might find freedom in you this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't know if you've ever been um, swimming in a river before. I remember um, when I was young, we used to go down, down, up to the to the Murray River a couple of times, or maybe it wasn't the Murray River, but I just had in my mind it was the Murray River, but now I think about it. Yeah, I think it was. Anyway, when you're, when you're little and you're like sort of under 10, everything seems bigger. And then you go back when you're an adult and you look at what it was that you thought was so big and you think, oh, <laughs> it, was just the, it was just the stream. But anyway, it was a, uh, we went to this, I think it was a Tuca or something like that. I should have um, figured out that detail before I started telling the story. But anywho, we went to the, the Murray and uh, we would go swimming in it. And I just remember as a little kid, every time you try to get in the river and go swimming, just how strong the current is uh, in the water. Um, and you would, especially as, like, I know it's hard to believe that I was skinnier than this and scrawnier, but I was, like, um, I was very, very thin. And my, there wasn't much of me, and so I was very light until, whoosh, uh, it would take me. And trying to swim against the, the current was really, really difficult, and, and um, you would just get taken into it. Or um, a couple of weeks ago, for some reason, I know this is strange again, I... Just, these are strange times, I'm telling you. I rode into church on a bicycle. I had a, I had a car that was working in the driveway at the same time as well. I know, it's very strange, but I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. Um, and so I did. And, you know, sometimes when you're riding, it's really easy. It depends which way the wind's going. And then sometimes it's really difficult because the wind's going against you and you're just pedaling. And then sometimes there's magpies and that makes it, that's just, you throw all those things in and and I guess what I'm trying to say is that when you're going against the current or against the, the wind, so to speak, it's, it's very difficult. And you can do it for a little bit, but it's eventually going to take its toll. And it's going to push you against or take you back the way that you were trying to go against. And I think the same thing happens in our minds, that our strongest thoughts are powerful. And they end up directing our lives. And so if we start thinking about something every day, or we have the same thought process every day, that's going to sway our life. That's going to change the direction of our life. And, and as much as we want to go against that and we have moments of going, you know what, I'm going to go against this, every day if we have the same thought pattern, it's going to take us in a certain direction. Billy Graham once said this about um, anxious thoughts. He said, at, best, at its best, anxiety distracts us from our relationship with God and the truth that he is Lord of heaven and earth, and at its worst, anxiety is a crippling disease taking over our minds and plunging our thoughts into darkness. And so when we think about the thoughts that are shaping our life and shaping our minds, so often it is these, these anxious thoughts or these stressful or these worried thoughts or these thoughts that take us down a dark road that can direct our life in such a negative way. And so as we go through these next few weeks... Uh, and we think about some of these thoughts, and not just anxious thoughts, you know, they could be negative thoughts or they can be worldly thoughts. But especially as we hear these um, ideas about, around anxious thoughts, I think it's important to note that there's a difference between just an anxious thought and an, uh, and an anxiety disorder. There's a, there's a difference. You know, we all have moments of anxious thoughts, but we don't always all experience an anxiety disorder. And so there's, there's a difference when it comes to these sorts of things. But nonetheless, no matter what level of anxiety you might face, God's Word is powerful to helping you, to setting you free. 
And, so, and the battle in your mind is the, is the ground of most of life's battles. The battle that goes on in your mind is the ground for most of life's battles. And there's good news because in God's word, there is power. It's not just help, it's not just a positive thinking, but there is power in God's word. There is an ability through God's word to transform and to renew your mind. In this verse we just read out, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're not of the flesh, but they are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, and we demolish arguments. This word powerful is this uh, Greek word dunatos, which means the explosive power of God. It's where we get our word dynamite from. And so in God's word, there is this dynamite power to be able to demolish strongholds. And this is what our enemy does. He puts up strongholds in our life. And these strongholds are basically just a prison of lies. One thought of a time. He shapes our thinking and puts us in a prison of lies. Things, and he says things like this, you can't trust, you won't succeed, you, you'll always be broke, you'll never have a good marriage, God won't hear your prayers, he doesn't care about you, no one cares about you, you'll never make a difference, you'll never amount to anything. And when we have these thoughts going on in our mind every day, every moment, they direct our lives. And this morning's big idea is this, is that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And the science and the Bible agree on this sort of thing. You can look at things like cognitive behaviour psychology. I'm not a psychologist, I don't pretend to be, but from my limited understanding, this is science agrees with the Bible on this sort of thing. That our mind directs our life in so many different ways. It, and a lot of the problems that we face are related to wrong thought processes. Relational challenges, even eating disorders and addictions, some forms of anxiety are a direct result of toxic thinking. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So what happens in our minds, the thoughts that we think direct our life. The life we have is a, re- a reflection of the, the thoughts we think. What we think determines who we become. What we think determines who we become. If we constantly think things like, you can't, or I won't, we probably won't, we probably can't. But if we th- start thinking, I can, we probably will. If we start dwelling on problems all the time, they can overwhelm us. If we look at solutions, we'll probably begin to see some. If we constantly feel like a victim, we might become one. If we constantly believe we can overcome, we can overcome. And so the life that we have is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. And so this morning, um, I thought we could do what we're calling a thought audit. And I don't know if this is going to come up on the screen. Is this going to come up on the screen? Here we go. A thought audit. And so I want to give you, I want you to, in your mind, you might put this down on paper if you want, is a score out of 10 in these following three areas. And the four, first one is this, in your mind, do you tend to have more worried thoughts or peaceful thoughts? Maybe worried thoughts about the future, what people think of you, um, your kids, do you wake up thinking what could go wrong? 
with your job, with your health, with your finances? Or do you tend to have more peaceful thoughts, secure um, in God's promises, trust, full of peace, full of, no matter what the future holds, there's there's a peace that you have in your mind. Give yourself a score of 10 in that area. The second area is this, negative or positive. Maybe on the negative side, you're critical of people, you always see what's wrong in people, find fault, discontent, always busy, everything's hard, nothing's ever good enough. Or on the positive side, you might believe the best of people, life is always good optimistic in the, in the way the future looks. Again, give yourself a score out of 10. And the third area is this. Worldly or eternal? Is your mind consumed by the things of this world, the things that are temporary, material possession, how many people like you or don't like you? Or does your mind drift towards eternal things, of eternal significance, of the gifts that God has been given you, of reaching people with the gospel, of having an impact on people's eternity in what you do and what you think. Now, my guess is that you might have scored low in one area and high in other areas, and none of these areas is worse than the other. They're all part of the way God calls us to think and to live. And in fact, Paul tells us in Philippians 4 of how we should think and and what we should put our minds to. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. What comes into our mind comes out in our life. What we think determines who we become. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. We can't have a positive life when we've constantly got a negative mind. Our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Are you excited about the future of your life based on the thoughts that you have each day? Two things we can do. Two things we can do. The first is this. We can identify the biggest stronghold holding us back. Remember, this idea of a stronghold is like a a prison, uh, is a lie that the enemy traps us with. It might be things like, we're not good enough, our past is too bad, we can't trust anyone, we won't be good with money, we can't get close to God, every relationship breaks down, always going to have that addiction. And the problem with these negative thoughts is that they change the chemical makeup in our brain. Every thought creates this pathway, if you like, in our body, in our brain. And if we 
think that thought and we think it again, that pathway gets easier and easier to travel. That's why there's that, um, that saying, like, stuck in a rut, because it's literally what is happening in your brain. You travel that thought process every single day, it's very easy to travel it the next, and then the next, and the next, and the next. And for some of us, if we've thought the same thoughts and the same lies our entire life, that's a very hard rut to get out of. It's not as easy as just hearing a message like this and going, I'm free. For some, God will do that. For some, God will free you instantly like that. But for others, it's going to be a constant discipline of, I'm in that rut again, I need to get out. I need to create a new rut, a new pathway. And when we create a positive pathway in our brain, we get this hit of dopamine. And if you know anything about brain science or anything like that, it's, that's that adrenaline rush, it's that good feeling you get when you experience something good. Maybe it's a, a great food that you eat, or uh, maybe if you're on Instagram, someone, that person that you like comments on your post or likes it. Or someone says something like, I love what you're wearing today. Maybe that will give you that hit of dopamine. It will give you that sense of, oh, I'm liked. Someone loves me. This is a good feeling. And the more often that you think a positive thought, the more often you get that same adrenaline, that same good feeling. And that's the way God has wired us. This is not something um, that we shouldn't be experience. This is something that is good for us, the way that God has wired our brains. And so we can have these negative thoughts or these positive thoughts, and the more we travel down the road of each of these thoughts, the more easy it will be to, to do it again. If I have, I just planted some grass yesterday in my front yard. Again, it seemed like a good idea yesterday, this morning when I woke up and saw, it wasn't such a good idea. But I did it anyway, and, and I'm going to rope off the section because I don't want people walking through on the grass because at the moment it's very easy to make a mark. And I, if you know anything about me and grass, you know it's just not worth it. I saw a video during the week of someone who had a, a lawn and, um, and they set up a sprinkle system and people were cutting across the, the grass. Uh, it was like a, they had a corner block. And so he set up a sprinkle system and then he had a camera set up and every time someone would walk across, he'd activate sprinkles and, and get them. And, you know, I thought, oh, that's what I need to do. Have some sort of motion-sensored sprinkler activation. The grass is to look at, not to walk on. No, I'm joking. Anyway, plant the grass. And I don't want people walking on it yet because it's going to create marks in that grass. And it's the same way if we, in our brains, if we constantly go the same path, it's going to create a divot or a rut, and it's going to be easy to go down that path again. And so what we need to do is create a new pathway. And so maybe for you, it's, you know, you, you work all day and you get home, and the, and the rut that you're in is you have a frustrating day at work, and you get home, and your body or your mind tells you to, to get aggressive towards your family, to yell, and this chaos happening and you just enter into that space and so when you find yourself going in that pathway is to step out of that and instead give one of your family members a hug tell them that you love them create a new pathway every time you catch yourself going in that old path create a new one instead 
or maybe something happens in your day and you feel bad for yourself and you go straight to the fridge or the freezer and you look for the cake and the chips and the ice cream. Instead of doing that, you maybe you need to create a new pathway. Go outside, go for a walk. Maybe you're bored and when you're bored, you open up your phone and you scroll through some social media and it makes you feel bad because you see everybody and they've got some, such a better life than you. And maybe instead of doing that, you need to open up your Bible and hear some of God's truth for your life. Because this is what the Bible tells us. It says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this age, but be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be, be able to discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God, to renew your mind, to think in a different way, forge a new path in your brain. And the more you walk that path, the easier it becomes to travel. And the more you stay off the old path, it gets weaker and it's hard to think of that again. And so the challenge this week is to identify the biggest stronghold holding you back. Just one. Just one lie that you find your brain goes to more often than it should. That you're not lovable, maybe you're never good enough, you don't deserve anything good. Identify that stronghold, name it. And then the second thing you can do once you've done that is to name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. In verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 10, the verse we began with, every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Again, this Greek word to take captive is like a war, war term. It's to capture with a spear or sword. And in the, the armour of God, we've got the sword of the Spirit, or the sword of the, the Word of God, and this is the offensive weapon that we carry. This is how we demolish strongholds, with the truth of God's Word. Jesus said this, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The stronghold, the wrong thought, that is a lie that locks you in. And the key to un, unlocking the, the prison that you're in is with the truth. It sets you free. But the problem is that the lies aren't always easy to identify. The lies aren't always just as black and white as what I'm making it sound out to be. The lies are very, the enemy is very good at manipulating and twisting the truth to make it sound right, to make it sound good, to make it sound believable. An example of this is maybe you believe that you're not enough or you're not good enough. You're not good enough to, to do what God's called you to do, to be who God's called you to be. You're just not good enough. And the truth is there's some, there's some truth in that, that without Jesus, you're not enough. Without Jesus, you can't do what he's called you to do. But through his grace, you can. 2, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 is the truth that sets you free from this Life. His divine power has given you everything we need for a godly life. And this is why we need to know God's word. This is what happened at the beginning in Genesis 3. The one um, trick or the one thing that the enemy does with us is tells us lies. He began in Genesis 3. If you look in Matthew 4, um, Jesus' temptation, it was the enemy trying to tempt Jesus with the, the twisted truth, trying to manipulate Jesus' mind. But Jesus fought back with truth. He knew God's word. And it was the truth that was able to set him free. 
It was the word that he used as his weapon and the key to freedom from the lie that the enemy was throwing his way. And so whatever your stronghold, whatever is the lie that you find yourself going to, or the, maybe it's a worried thought, maybe it's a negative thought, maybe it's a worldly thought, the truth will set you free. And so for some of us, this, is, this message is going to be like, good, Brad, got it, good, move on, all over it. And for some of us, it's just one more step in this direction. One more step in the direction. And this alone is not going to be enough. I'm a big advocate for, for getting help when you need to get help. If my kids and my um, middle child now, I've got a middle child, God bless him, Judah, um, is got a severe um, allergy, anaphylaxis allergy, and if, and if he gets something wrong, I'm, I'm taking him to the emergency department. There's no question about it. I'm not going to just go, well, he's got to get better. He's got to get better. I'm just going to believe he's going to get better. I'm going to take him and get him the help he needs. And when it comes to our brains and when it comes to the chemical wiring and, the, um, and what's happening in our brain, for some of us, we need professional help. We need to see our doctors. We need to see our professional help. But we also need to go to God's Word. While our brains are chemicals. They're more than just chemicals. It's spiritual and God desires freedom for you. The enemy, he wants to kill, to steal and destroy and he does that with lies and he is a one-trick pony. The trick is pretty good but that's all he's got and it doesn't compare to the power of God at work in you. It doesn't compare to the power of God's word. And so our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And my encouragement for you this week is to shape your strongest thoughts through the saturation of God's Word in your life. It's to get God's truth. Meditate on it. Have it come into your mind daily. Find the truth that God wants to set you free with. And for some, like I said, this will be an instant change. And for others, this will be a daily discipline that slowly releases, slowly releases the shackles that are holding you captive, slowly forges a new path that is easier and easier to go down every day that you do it. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you so much for your word and I thank you that there is truth in it, that it is true and that it is strong and powerful God, it is able to set us free. It's able to transform our lives. And God, this morning I pray for all of us that when we have these negative thoughts, when we have these worldly thoughts, when we have these worried or anxious thoughts, God, that that we choose that your Holy Spirit would prompt us to go to your word and find the truth that would set us free from it. Lord God, we desire to have a life that makes a difference that makes an eternal difference in the lives around us. And so, God, would you transform our lives through the renewing of our mind? God, we thank you so much that we can trust you in every moment, every day. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning.
See you next Sunday. Don't forget, on Wednesday, lunchtime at 12 o'clock, you can jump on Zoom and um, have some time with us, see some familiar faces, some new faces, and uh, it'll be great to see you there. Have a great week. Hopefully the sun is shining this afternoon.